You canceled me, but you can't cancel China. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say is. Hello, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome episode of Everyone is Cancelled. I'm your host, Dylan Randall, and today I have with me my co-host, John Morgan. Hey! There he is. It's just going to be the two of us today. Andrew, unfortunately, couldn't make it. So we just witnessed a very interesting Super Bowl, uh, the first Super Bowl of its kind in a true pandemic. Many fans were outraged on Twitter at a full stadium, only to find out later that it was just a bunch of cardboard cutouts of people. But knowing people on Twitter... (laughs) They raged before they actually watched the game and realized it was cardboard. Yeah, right. So that was hilarious. Um, Tonight we're going to be going over the importance of sports in a society, how it goes back historically all the way into the Roman times with the Colosseum, and why it's needed, possibly, in a society. We'll dig into that. And there's good and bad there. But before we get into that, we have a very interesting cancellation of the week, and it has to do with the (laughs) Super Bowl. (laughs) Tom Brady is under fire for not wearing a mask in a state that doesn't require you to wear a mask. Yeah, right. Basically. Uh, Despite being in a state where, obviously, Governor DeSantis doesn't really feel that masks should be required, um, people are flipping out. Now, I will state... losing their minds over this. They are absolutely losing their minds. Um, Now, it's interesting because hospitalizations and cases are going down in Florida. But they're not wearing their masks, so how, how are cases going down? Yeah. Um, now, we're not anti-mask or for masks. We're just trying to look at the facts. And I think it's extremely interesting that Florida's cases and hospitalizations are going down. I'm not anti-mask. I just don't want to wear one. I got uh, <laughs> this lady on Twitter. Uh, she's got an MA. She's, it must make her wicked smart. It means you can't speak back to her when she talks to you. That's right. That's right. Um, she said, a truly good person who has any kind of a leadership role considers mask wearing versus mask refusing as their example to the masses. All right. That's just the first part, but it's, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I think that anyone in a leadership role does not consider masks to be their example to the masses. It'd be more of like the integrity of the things that you say and do, um, and I don't think masks fall into that category, especially in this context. She said, I, I have assumed the best and therefore assumed ignorance, not malice, in Brady. But it was, no question, a big failure before the biggest audience. And I, I just, that was probably the nicest thing that I read. This other guy said, I, I think I have to turn this game off. It's making me angry. And this is before the game even started, right? He's just watching Brady <laughs> walk into the stadium without a mask on. He's like, that's it. I'm out. He just straight up pooped his pants. Yeah, he just absolutely just defecated all over his it's living room floor. Stinky ass couch. There go the wings. Fine, then. We don't want you watching the Super Bowl. He's the party pooper that nobody invites to the Super Bowl party. So he's just looking for an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Brady led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to an easy steamroll of a victory, 31-9 over Kansas City Chiefs, Yeah, to extend his record-breaking Super Bowl winning streak 
to lucky number seven, baby. Don't care what you say about the guy. That's pretty cool. He's kind of like the Michael yeah. Jordan of the NFL right now. Um, considered to be the greatest NFL player of all time and has managed to remain apolitical uh, basically over the last half decade uh, in these culture wars. Brady's face covering was totally uh, absent. They're saying that's their problem. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> what do you think of this, man? I mean, do you think somebody should. Like one person says, in the middle of the worst pandemic outbreak, love you, Tom Brady, but come on, bro. I don't even know what that means. People aren't, you know, their people's eyes aren't bleeding. You know, they're not bleeding out of all their orifices like Ebola. You know, it, it, you know, it's a respiratory illness that causes pneumonia, which is killing people. Um, and and in some cases, uh, there are some long-term effects. Uh, however, it's my personal opinion, based on all of the reading that I've done, that many of these things are more anecdotal than they are. Um, by that, I don't mean that, um, that what happened to those people isn't true. I mean, what about heart disease? We've had, how many people die from heart disease or smoking? About drunk driving. Drunk driving. Car crashes in general. That's user error. These are preventable things. Uh, nobody cares about these things. I mean, some people do, but as a society, we didn't go into lockdown. So we obviously didn't care enough to stop seeing our families and go into a lockdown. Because people right. are smoking. We didn't stop people from buying cigarettes. Second, right. Secondhand smoke kills people. He didn't ban cigarettes for that. That's not their choice, somebody smoking around him. Also, it's not like the guy... The guy is, is in peak health. Like, he's had the same... Uh, I forget his total... I think his last name is Guerrero. But his, his trainer, you know, micromanages his, his daily life. On top of how and, many tests is he getting... Like probably on no a weekly idea. basis. He probably gets like 10,000 a day. Yeah, like he, just gets, he just gets tested while he's working out. I don't, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, Brady is like the peak of healthness. Like he eats – his food is cleaner than most vegans' food. I was – he it is. I was looking at a picture of him uh, posted every year of him playing football. And the dude is the only dude I've seen, one of the few I've seen, who got younger as he got older. It's true. The only noticeable difference in his pictures is the uh, is his stupid haircuts. Like the, <laughs> the guy has the worst haircuts ever. Man, like, there was there was one year he had that middle part. It's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you can't be that good at a sport and have a like a middle part. He's one of the only people who can get away with that too. It's true. Like, he makes being a dork look kind of cool. It's still a dork, but, I mean, nobody's going to say that to his face. He's a big dude. <laughs> He'd probably throw most people, like, 15 yards, man. He's Yeah, he, he had a funny haircut going on there. I've seen that picture. Did you see uh, – <laughs> I was wondering how they were going to work this into the halftime show, right? Like, what are they going to do with masks? They usually have, like, 10,000 dancers on the field. Well, I don't – I don't really I couldn't pick up on the theme but these guys had on like they looked like um like 10,000 dark men. You remember, do you remember that movie Dark Man? Vaguely. I forget. Yeah, I forget who the actor was. Um but anyway, he got like blown up and so you know his mm. face was all burned. So he wore like a hood or a mask or something, I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, they, you know, his face is all wrapped up in gauze. That's what I remember the movie anyway. And that's what these guys look like. They were all like gauzed up. And I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm staring at these guys. And I'm like, they have, they all have masks on. So they worked it into their costume by like making them look like mummies. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, like <laughs> whatever. I, I appreciate the creativity, but did it work? Still, it's still stupid. Kind of stuck out like know. a sore thumb. Yeah, you know, I'm offended that whoever that singer was, he wasn't wearing a mask. What's up with that? Well, it it is in a state that I don't believe they're they are absolutely forcing and fining. In fact, I think Governor DeSantis at one point said that, "Look, you can ask people to wear masks, but I'm not going to let you find them." You know. Um, I think they're kind of past that at this point. So he is in a state, but let's put that aside. I do believe in right. wearing masks. If your if your state mandates it, then you know, go ahead, you know, and do your best for uh, yeah. Your if family. you're gonna get a if you're gonna get a felony for not wearing a mask, just wear a mask. Just might as well. You know? But this is Florida. They're not. I don't believe that they're required to wear a mask in every single instance. You know, he is a healthy guy. So it's just funny that they got so angry. Just don't watch the game. You know, don't watch anything happening in Florida if you get triggered by that. And these are probably, you know, these might be the same people who were not washing their hands a couple years ago ever at all. (laughs) But that's a completely different story. So the Super Bowl happened. It's kind of funny. It's unique this year. Um, But you know what I found interesting, John? I was on social media. I saw our country, like my friends and family got, I've seen them happier than I've seen them in months. People were dancing. Yeah, people were dancing, having fun, partying, having some chips and dip, whatever. It was like a little bit of a relief. And they were getting it from this thing called the Super Bowl. And this spurred this podcast. I'm like, that's what we're doing this week. I had a hard time finding a topic, man. The Superior Bowl. Yeah, and I'm not a huge football fan, but I I saw something. And I think it was highlighted during this pandemic. uh, The value that not just football, but sports bring in general. And the Super Bowl kind of being the pinnacle of that. There was a little bit of a distraction from this damn pandemic, if you will. So much so that people forgot the stands were filled with cardboard cutouts and cried on Twitter instead of watching the damn game. Anyways, (laughs) besides the point, I I think this pointed out a good example of the good sports resembles in a society in general. Um, It can provide a distraction from the mundane of a, the mundaneness of a job or now from this pandemic. It gives us an excuse to hang out with our families and friends. It's almost like a holiday. Right. Yeah. And kick back some brewskis, whatever it is, some iced tea, whatever your thing is. We're filled with dancing and fun and just Super Bowl mania. And I, I can tell you it just brought me happiness because we ordered a pizza over here and we enjoyed the day. I saw the picture, man. That pizza looked mighty delicious. It's called $5 pizza, and it's like 5 bucks, <laughs> and it's just some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. It's awesome. And amazing. We didn't even watch the Super Bowl, but just the the lightness in the air, seeing my family so happy on Instagram. Yeah, right. Uh, it made us happy, and we ordered a pizza, and we enjoyed the day. We celebrated. It's contagious. They were happy. We were happy. Everybody was provided with an happy. escape. There's one day where everyone is not canceled, except for Tom Brady. Yeah. Unreal. Him and Gronk. I enjoy an old hockey game on YouTube every once in a while. Myself and Mary, we like hockey yeah. ourselves. It's fun. It's usually not political until recently, but that's another story. Uh, but when the game is being played, you're not thinking about politics, your problems, right. or anything except that receiver catching that 40-yard pass. 
And this didn't start with the USA. It could be argued that this same function was utilized by the Romans in the Colosseum during the Gladiator Games. Although brutal, it provided society with a distraction from politics, a distraction from their lives to witness something greater than any one individual, to hear the roar of a crowd, to experience Mm. something that felt larger than life. And I think this pandemic has pointed out how important these distractions are and can be. Uh, video games and social media provide distractions, but that in-person social that in-person social element is something to be appreciated all on its own. It's fast, it's fun. You know, it's sports, beer, and barbecue, man. You know, it's it's yeah. America, and it's it's a chance to let some of that testosterone out in a somewhat neutered society. I mean, I'm kidding. Yeah. Sort of, but there is some truth to that. I think uh, no, you're not. <laughs> maybe not completely. Keeping us locked down in our homes, not letting us see our families, not letting us scream at a TV screen with our bros or sisters, whatever. Muzzling us, stopping sports is the exact opposite of that. Suicides are up. Statistically, depression has skyrocketed. Society right. as a whole is down. An April study in the Journal of, of the American Medical Association Suicide, Mortality, and Coronavirus Disease 2019, A Perfect Storm, echoed Rainus's statements about suicide rates being on the rise. Uh, the study's authors, several psychiatric doctors, explained that many of the measures we currently use to protect ourselves from COVID-19 infection can easily contribute to an increase in depression and suicidal thoughts. It's just something mm. to think about. Yeah, it's mass or mostly contextual, um, very situational, um, and their efficacy of each mask, you know, depends on the mask, how it's being used, how it's being worn. I mean, it's just, it's insane, um, the amount of variables involved in, in masking and its effectiveness. Um, I don't, there haven't been, there have been no studies on the, on the psychological effect of wearing a mask for prolonged periods of time. Um, there have been studies on, on prolonged mask wearing uh, as related to uh, blood oxygen levels. And, uh, and there, there is a correlation and, you know, you need to be real careful uh, when you're wearing a mask for eight, eight to 12 hours a day uh, for your job. Um, but we still don't know what the psychological effects of wearing a mask that long every day um, are. Um, adapting their their psychology to to a, a bad situation. Now you're a captain on a ferry, and you're in public transport, and you do twelve yeah. hour shifts. If uh, if I'm correct, uh, yeah. Are yeah. you required ten, to wear a mask ten, for that entire time? Um, for for the most part. Uh, up to a, uh, a week ago, um, I could get away with wearing it only when we were inside a cabin. You know, I'm inside mm-hmm. a passenger cabin where, you know, wear a face covering. Um, otherwise, like, so, I, you know, I was avoiding it up to a point, but recently Biden uh, passed uh, some legislation and an executive order uh, making uh, transportation workers, which would include... Um, me, um, under the authority of the Coast Guard, uh, that any violation of a mask mandate on an employment or a governmental level would be a felony. So now, is this now alleged, I, or is this something you feel pretty firm from what you've read that this is an actuality? 
What, the legislation? Yeah, because I ask you because you would know, and I think it's a good opportunity for the viewers to hear that. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, if if people want to know, I, we can add a link, um, you know, to the to the executive order. It's kind of huge. Um, my my employer put it on their social media account. It's a you know a nice summary and breakdown of of uh, of the parts of it which would apply to what we're doing. But yeah, I mean, it's like, and you don't have a choice either. You have to wear it because you can get outed. You know, people, there's a hotline and an email. You can just email the Coast Guard and then they'll come down and so you're judge saying, the situation. Yeah. So you're saying you could be, as a captain of a ferry, uh, if it was you who was caught without a mask in the wrong situation. And you didn't mean to, perhaps Not it was just an me, accident. but any of my, yeah, any of my crew or any of the passengers. And if you're caught with a camera or proof of this, you could allegedly be charged with, with a felony, you're saying? What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a felony. Felony offense. Wow. Yeah. Interesting I mean, times. It, yeah, it's insane. I don't really foresee it happening, but, you know, whatever. Choice is no longer, yeah, choice is no longer an option. Right. You're at the mercy of the government at that point. Yeah. Which is scary. Well, that's interesting, man. You'll have to keep us updated on public transportation. You haven't... Yeah, I'll let you know if I uh, lose all of my rights as an American citizen because I wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do an episode on that. I've been wanting to cover that, your whole ferry experience and what it's like to be a captain of a ship and dealing with it's, that, loading cars, it's more you know. A, it's more of a boat. It's not... Really well, how long is it? to be a ship. Uh, there's two. One is 163 feet long. The other one's 125 feet long. But. See, when I think of a boat, I think of something that you use paddles and go out fishing on that's like 10 <laughs> feet long. <laughs> I mean, how many cars could one of these, the bigger one, hypothetically hold? 34. That oh, That's pretty big, man. 34 cars. That's pretty yeah. big. Yeah, uh, but, you know, there are other, there are other um, private ferries in the same area. Yeah, They're moving, you know, 60, 80 cars. Wow. So. Seems tough to maneuver some of those things to dock. Yeah, I'd rather, <laughs> I, you know, I, I work on other boats too, some s- smaller single screw boats. And oh, okay. It is, uh, sometimes it's easier to maneuver the ferry in, a, in bad weather than it is to maneuver a small boat on a calm day. I think a lot of it is, I don't think a lot of it is, you know, comfort and knowledge, but. Interesting. Yeah, we're going to have to do an episode on that because I find that uh, absolutely fascinating. But getting back to sports, uh, the (laughs) Gladiator games are allegedly seen uh, by historians in some cases to have been the embodiment of what Rome was, uh, the good and the bad, something that went beyond the arena. And I think sports um, kind of resemble that too. There's something that we aspire to uh, as far as kind of the spirit of what America is. And it was like that for a long time. Um, Rome was a warrior state. And America historically is no different. I mean, the Colosseum seated 50,000 people. It was truly an arena that commanded respect and set the precedent for arenas today in a lot of ways. Uh, The games may have changed, but the roaring of the crown sounds the same as it did in Rome during the gladiator games. Uh, But do sports sort of ingrain a sense of discipline and societal control? This is the flip side of that coin. There are allegedly doctors and philosophers that believe this. Uh, according to um, according to Mark 
Banshkick, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, MD of psychology today. Sport, he says sports are important to society because they help prove the importance of rules. Um, Ooh. And that's an interesting way to look at it. I've never looked at it that way, but apparently sports such as football and baseball, you know, they're not playable without rules. So that it subliminally ingrains uh, this this sort of psyche there into us. There must be rules. That there must be rules. Exactly. <laughs> um, this Everything con- is not hungry, hungry hippos. Right. And this concept of discipline is outlined. Uh, there's a French philosopher, uh, Michel Foucault. It's hard to pronounce. I hope I'm pronouncing it somewhat right. Probably not. He says that after the 18th century, the implement, the implementation of authority and power began to focus on the body of an increasingly small and intricate scale. Rather than punishing individuals, misdeeds with physical pain, as had been common before this point, the disciplinary mechanism focused on movements and gestures. Individuals interlaced, I'm sorry, individuals internalized rules and began to police their own behavior. By doing so, they became more docile, useful, productive. Daily life became permeated by a series of regulations, organization, and permitted practices, which were governed by infra-penalties aimed at changing actions. This disciplinary mechanism operated in schools, factories, and prisons, and created a more microscopic form of control than before. And it's argued uh, by doctors and philosophers, allegedly, that... This is a huge importance of sports, yeah. um, which I think is interesting. I don't know what to think of that. This is new to me, but it, yeah. that's a very interesting way to think about it. I was looking at some uh, some reports and literature. The other part of that is in the, I don't know, you know we have kind of depicted Rome as this decadent, completely immoral society, you know, very, very, very war-esque, you know, more Spartan mm-hmm. than, um, than anything else. Uh, but, but there was also another cultural influence on this and that was the Greek and the Greeks have been kind of rom- romanticized as, um, as a culture that, uh, proliferated in art, literature, and philosophy. Um, but they also produced, um, athletes. Um, so where, you know, Rome had the Colosseum, um, Greece was kind of the, uh, the birthplace of the Olympics. And I think, I think that, I think that professional sports and, and, you know, Olympians are tied, but not, you know, but in, in a lot of ways, mutually exclusive. Um, and I think that over time, uh, it, you know, a lot of professional sports and amateur sports, um, not to, not to, you know, toss out, you know, college athletes, but have really tried to weave the, uh, the raw, um, barbaric fighting of Roman Colosseum gladiatorial fights into the, art, literature, and philosophy, you know, the, the high-mindedness of, uh, of Greek culture where, you know, people would go to, uh, you know, just places of athleticism to work out and prepare for these things. 
even that became corrupted over time. Uh, I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole just just for the sake of time, but certainly looking at at uh, you know Greek influence on on uh, athletics is a you know it's a worthy it's a worthy study. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I haven't come across that, and I'm glad you did. It's a huge benefit of us yeah. looking at this from a different perspective. Well, because there's two, right? There's there's the collegiate athlete. You know, here here are the guys that are men and women who are you know working hard, uh, maintaining an education, um, but in some ways, a lot of them are in scholarship, so. Um, a lot of them aren't paying for it, um, but in some instances, some some athlete, you know, some student athletes are paying. They're they're paying for their college or university to make revenue off of their athleticism, whereas professionals are are compensated through negotiation based on their skill and merit. Um, so, I, you know, there's a there's a big difference between. And I would say that like a lot of the bowls, uh, collegiate, um, football bowls are as highly watched, if not, you know, more intensely watched than the Super Bowl. So it's, I think there's a, as far as the topic of our podcast goes, the influence on our society is really interesting. If you look at, you know, how people appreciate amateur you know, amateur sporting events compared to professional sporting events because they're treated very, very differently. You know, a student athlete going into the professional sphere goes from, you know, making nothing for what they've, you know, for what they do to making, you know, 700 to a million dollars right off the bat. I don't know, man. I, what do you, what do you, what do you think about, about that? I think it's interesting. I think you look at the people who run our country, and I've heard this from college students, uh, big colleges, uh, how football is like a culture. It's almost like a cult, maybe not a cult, but a cult-like feeling uh, yeah. that when you are there, you are painting your face. It is yeah. uh, this culture, <clears throat> and these people who are going to these prestigious colleges are being ingrained at a very impressionable age, 17, yeah. 18 to 22, 23 uh, they're being ingrained at an impressionable age with this gladiator-esque sort of feel, this roaring of the crowds at this battle arena, uh, at the, the the indoctrination of the rules and the and the and the the uh, the guardrails that they function inside of, and then these people go on to get these degrees, and then they run, our, they become politicians, they become CEOs, uh, they they are the people running our country. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a very interesting point you make. Uh, that these people in these colleges almost have more of this cult mentality than pro football because they're there together and it's right. their team and they it's go on to run our lives. Too. Yeah, especially since um, you made that really interesting point about you know sports uh, kind of teaching the need for rules and regulation. Um, you know, so so uh, kids leaving the university are already in that mindset of if there ain't rules, it ain't going to work. People are going to cheat. So yeah, man, subliminally, if anything else, I mean, subliminally is where they get you. It's interesting. They always get you on the sublime. 
Oh, they be getting you. <laughs> sports, sports, sports is seven. You watching that football, boy? Yeah. You watch your football if you know what's good for you. Uh, it's fun. I think there's good and bad to it, man. I enjoy it. I love watching some hockey with Mary, with friends. Yeah. And I think like oh. anything else in this life, you can't ex- escape the both sides of the coin. I just had a revelation. You know why the Chiefs lost? Why is that? Because the bison guy who stormed the Capitol on <laughs> he wasn't there. That's why they <laughs> lost. <laughs> they may not have lost. It turns out there may be some mail-in ballots for oh, some extra right. touchdowns coming in right now. We so have to wait. Have to wait. We have to wait another uh, another three days before we get the actual results of yeah. the Super Bowl. There, I'm hearing allegedly three, four in the morning. There were some mail-in touchdowns dumped, and Sorry. they were all for Kansas City. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, Kansas City may have won. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Stand by. Stand by. That's right. Yeah. Getting back to uh, sports and gladiators, I mean, there's an, another aspect of this thing too is um, is is injury, right? Uh, gladiators. Yeah, it was interesting. I found this uh, statistic that you know, based on studying the the burial grounds. Um, at like, I think it, it said Ephesus, but I'm not sure. You can fact check me on that. But like the uh, these mass graves where the gladiators were buried, <clears throat> a lot of them had wounds that had healed. So the mortality rate of gladiators, where we would think like every time there was a gladiator fight, somebody died. It's not really true. It turns out it was only about 10 to 30 percent of all these things ended in a, in a fatality. But um, many of these injuries were severe and, you know, would would cause, you know, a cease in the in career or, you know, they just get tossed out or, you know, be down. Um, that really hasn't changed in sports. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, hands off regulation passed in the in the last few years, especially in football. Uh, to protect the players, um, but looking at, again at this relationship between amateur sports and professional sports, you gotta wonder if at some point, you know, the, the camel's back isn't gonna break, and amateur athletes are gonna start getting compensated for their time, and it's that's apparent because if they get injured, they just get put away like they finish out their education and that's it um uh professionals um they get a lot of attention you know the team will spend thousands and thousands of dollars um in medical bills trying to get these guys squared away patched up and ready to go for the next game so i mean it's interesting Uh, I think people do watch sports to see people get hurt. I, I really do. I, I don't. Maybe not the sole purpose. It's not like people are watching Super Bowl and want to. I mean, there's some obviously reading Twitter. There were some people who wanted Brady to get smashed, but um, I don't think it's their first intent. But I think that they, you know, when somebody gets um, clotheslined or I forget what they call it when uh, one guy gets. 
when he gets hit, he gets hit from the front and the back, and then just kind of like he gets scissored, poops his pants. Um, <laughs> it's a big yellow stain. Um, you know, people, you you know, the crowd goes, ooh, yeah. they enjoy watching people get hurt. They do, even if it disgusts them at the same time. Exactly. I mean, it's like NASCAR. Nobody watches NASCAR for the race. They just watch for the car crashes. People people like to see people getting hurt. There's a reason that there's trending videos of, like, the worst crashes of NASCAR or the greatest hits of all time in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And these injuries are real. If you ever look at there's some statistics coming out of the head trauma and the high averages of head trauma that these NFL players are getting. And, uh, you know, the, the, the health problems it leads to later on in life. It's real. You know, these guys are getting some serious issues, changes of personality, allegedly, uh, that come with this these years in football. And there's not really an answer to that because people like watching them play. There's a lot of money in that. So it's not really something that is on the forefront of the mainstream media. But the, the injuries are real. And then when you get at the college level, I can tell you on a personal level, I've had friends who get into college, they get injured, and that's it. And they're forgotten about. They're not compensated. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're paid jack squat. So where are you left after that? Where you get a pro athlete. They get a torn rotator cuff. They go into surgery that night with the best surgeon for shoulders, you know, and they get all this tech medical attention that normal people can't get. Yeah. Um, it's just a huge night and day difference. And the reason for that is is that professional athletes have a contract. So whether or not they're playing, they're getting paid, you know, millions of dollars, which is why the team will spend, you know, a million dollars to get them back in the field because – they want to get their money's worth out of them. College athletes don't get that. You know, it's like they're there to get an education as well, and you can be injured and still get an education. Yeah, I, I find an interesting perspective I came across today. Uh, Seneca, a Roman senator and philosopher, um, he speaks of a visit he once paid to the arena. Uh, he arrived in the middle of the day during the mass execution of criminals. Uh, it was staged as entertainment between the Wild Beast show in the morning and the gladiatorial show of the afternoon. And I just want to read you an excerpt of what he said because it kind of shows how he was disgusted yet excited and couldn't look away at the same time. And Seneca had this to say of the, of the gladiator games. He said, um, All the previous fighting had been merciful by comparison. Now finesse is set aside and we have pure unadulterated murder. The combatants have no protective covering. Their entire bodies are exposed to the blows. No blow falls in vain. This is what lots of people prefer to the regular contests, and even to those which are put on by popular request. And it is obvious why. There is no helmet, no shield to repel the blade. Why have armor? Why bother with skill? All that just delays death. In the morning, men are thrown to lions and bears. At midday, they are thrown to the spectators themselves. No sooner has a man killed than they shout for him to kill another or to be killed. The final victor is kept for some other slaughter. In the end, every fighter dies. And all this goes on while the arena is half empty. You may object that the victims committed robbery or were murderers. So what? Even if they deserve to suffer, what's your compulsion to watch their sufferings? Kill him, they shout. Beat him, burn him. Why is he too timid to fight? Why is he so frightened to kill? Why so reluctant to die? They have to whip him to make him accept his wounds. 
And I think he makes an interesting point. Uh, even if you, even if they were robbers or murderers, even if they deserve to suffer, what is their compulsion to watch their sufferings? And uh, as he acknowledges his own disgust of this, all the same, he stayed to watch the event. And you can almost hear his excitement and the, and the emotions that drove him to write such a profound uh, statement. And uh, hmm. I think there's some, there's some roots in there that show why we watch these sports uh, for good and bad. You know, sometimes we like watching the, the touchdown. Sometimes we just like watch, watching somebody get hit and poop their pants. I mean, yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, right. I mean, it's um, gross, but it's real. I mean, it's, it's real. In this in this article by Anna McCullough, um, she points out an interesting um, legal case too. Uh, she writes in a 1973 football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos. Some of you guys may remember this. A pass was intercepted by the Broncos. <clears throat> Excuse me. In frustration, Bengal uh, offensive line Charles Lee Booby Clark struck Bronco Dale uh, Hackbart in the back of the head, causing a severe neck fracture from the blow. In the ensuing legal case, Hackbart versus Cincinnati Bengals, um, the judge, uh, Judge uh, Match, rejected claims of liability against Clark and the Bengals because of the inherently violent nature of professional football, stating in his decision that Quote, there are no Athenian virtues in this form of athletics. Wow. The NFL has substituted the morality of the battlefield for that of the playing field. Wow. So that was 1970. Yeah, that was 1973, mind you. Uh, you know, football's come a long way since then. Different time, but not that long ago. Not that long not ago. Not that long ago, you know. It's a powerful statement. Even the players, um, 30 years later. Uh, uh, Takeo Spikes acknowledged the uh, the violence. He, he said, "It's just the nature of the game. I've always looked upon us as modern day gladiators, and I, I think that I think that I think a lot of football players see that. I think they they see and feel that that same Interesting. way. Interesting. I yeah. I think there's a lot of good and bad in it. I I, I think." The, the my computer's fritzing out. It's all good though. It's not dead yet. Uh, it's good. All these alerts are happening at the same time. I think I think life is just gray, man. I think there's good and bad with it, everything. I don't think you can escape it. Me personally, I like to see the humor in things. It gets me by. That's why I got this yeah. podcast. Uh, but there are some real injuries that should be highlighted highlighted a little bit more. I think they're maybe allegedly somewhat purposely kind of thrown under the bus because it's not good for business. Not right. saying anything bad about the promoters. I do think they're doing a good thing. I think we need that distraction. But right. John, tell me, you've been around for a little while. I'm not saying you're an old man yet, Who but I mean, what do I'm you old? think? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Okay, how has sports transformed since you were, you know, uh, since maybe I was a teenager? A kid? Since you were a yeah. kid, how, since how I was hanging out with Abraham Lincoln, right? Yeah, since you and Abraham Lincoln were watching those football games, um, yeah. how how sports transformed as far as both culturally, you know, the effect it's had on your neighborhood, for instance, yeah. and uh, compared to how it is now watching it on the television? I can think of a, a few things. Um, I think people, for the most part, you know, we've just lost the ability to get knocked down just 
because that's the way the game is played. Um, so I think in, in a lot of ways, our society is trying to put people in a padded room so that nobody gets hurt, but that's just, that's not the nature of, of, uh, of the way sports are played. And we need to, you know, when you go out on any field there, you take the, you take the risk of getting injured. Um, that, that's, it's like a, it's a, it's an unwritten acknowledgement that, you know, if you, <laughs> if you're going to throw the javelin, there's a good chance that, you know, at some you're point you're going to be hit with career, that javelin. You can get hit with it too. So, um, I think, you know, there's that, um, there is, you know, I think the hysteria has always been the same. Um, but I, I think that, uh, one thing that has, kind of turned into a monster is not amateur sports. Like I, I think college rivalry rivalries are okay. Um, a lot of that's pretty good natured, but um, you know, parents have taken that to the little league field, right? To the, to the mutton, you know, to their kids games. And it just does not belong that the same mentality um, for watching, you know, pro sports, even amateur sports, does not belong in your kids' sports games. Have you seen that movie Kicking and Screaming with Wolf Ferrell? No. Oh, my brother. You got to find that movie <laughs> and watch it immediately after this podcast because you're going to die and asphyxiate almost from laughter. It, it just uh, it just depicts exactly what you're saying to just a whole other level. Will Ferrell yeah. being Will Ferrell, of course, yeah, just right. a phenomenal movie. Yeah, I, I immediately think of that when you say that because it's true. I dealt with yeah. the same thing. I remember I was a six-year-old kid getting cussed out my, by, by my basketball coach. <laughs> cussed out. He was screaming at us. My mom came up and was like, you know they're six, right? <laughs> He's just this big like NFL-looking guy. I don't care. They're fucking slacking. <laughs> oh, this guy almost uh, burst a blood vessel yelling at us. We're six-year-old kids playing at a church. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> nice. It's just, yeah, so it gets ingrained in us at a young age, and I see that too. Uh, do you think right. sports uh, has is is more of good or more of bad? Do you think it has a good overall societal? I think I think sports is an integral part of our society for a couple mm. of reasons. One, kids can find um, role models, and I think – that you know the the idea of the uh, of a sports role model has you know is good and bad um you know on the field they can you know be a great you know a great role model and off the field be an, a terrible role model i mean we see that time and time again um it is an outlet for competition which is important uh kids it is it is not it is not good to go through life you know, yeah, not being able to find their place, both physically and mentally. That it, that is so important. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, I think you know, sometimes people go overboard with it, for sure. Um, that's but, all walks in life. But that's but... I, I was gonna say, yeah, that's everything though. Right? You know, it's like. I think cars are important too. That doesn't mean that you need to go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar car. Um, 
I think participating in sports is really good, but that doesn't mean you need to go out and spend, you know, $6,000 on all the best gear. Right. You suck at the sport. That's right. Yeah. 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 You haven't played it yet. You just want to play it. You know, I'll say it, man. I, I, th- I think sports is one of the last vestiges of a neutered society. Okay. And I right. mean neutered philosophically, not just for men, but for women too. You know, I think people are being stuck inside these frames and told, this is what you need to be as this type of person, and you were born this way, so this is how you need to act, and we're going to cancel you. Everyone's canceled, right? That's the name of the show. Uh, don't cancel sports. I think we've went over a lot of details that I didn't know before this podcast. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you did, but the research helps me learn, as well as the listeners, I believe, we're learning together. There's a psychological impact of having sports, man. I yeah. want to see people it's fucking flying 10 yards in the air, okay? <laughs> at the it, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It is entertainment. Is it good entertainment? Meh. Maybe that's a topic for a different show, but um it is entertainment and it's good for the economy. So Yep. Bring sports back. Next week, we'll see you there. We love you guys. John, do you have anything to add, bro? Um, I just want to point out that we just spent an entire show talking about sports and did not talk about any of the politics of it. I think we deserve a pat on the back for that. You know what? I Yeah, and I don't have a lot to add to that, but I do. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just another guy. But I can say that for me, when I watch sports, and this is my opinion, you can't fact check me on my opinion. Fuck you, go home. <laughs> I do it to escape. I do it to escape the depression of the news that seemingly claims the world is ending and burning every single day. I watch it to relax, and if only for an hour or two, forget the world around me and enjoy time with friends and family. It is a time I use to recharge. I know for a fact that many share my view on this one. John, I mean, if you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're on the same boat, but if you have anything to add to that. <laughs> China. 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 You canceled me, but you can cancel China. China. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say is happy gaming. Anyways, I wish you guys a good night. Thank you so much for following us. Uh, we, Andrew, myself, John, we appreciate it. We got... A lot more views than we expected. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. It's all under Everyone is Canceled with 1L. Also, be sure to follow us on Spotify and iTunes if you haven't done so already to stay up to date with our latest yeah. episodes. And buy all of our merch so that Dylan can buy a new laptop. <laughs> I need a new laptop. This thing's uh. shutting down just spontaneously. <laughs> it's a problem. It could shut down right now. So we're going to end it before it does. But until next time, you guys have a good one. John, thanks for being here, brother. Absolutely. Peace. Peace.